You find MCC Learning on YouTube. Our sermons are streamed live every Sunday. Between 11.30, 1.30. You can watch the sermon live and direct every Sunday. And then at any other time at MCC. You learn on YouTube. For free. You pay nothing. <laughs> Glory to God. Let a man show account of us. Account of us. As ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man recognize us this way. This is how we want to be portrayed before people. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 verse 1. Stewards, custodians, administrators of the mysteries of God. It is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful. It is required in stewardship that a man be found faithful. I welcome you to church in the name of Jesus Christ. I've been preaching are you faithful? Bible in basic English says, let us be judged as servants of Christ and as those who are responsible for the secret things of God. Easy English. You should think about us who are special workers and teachers on Christ's behalf as Christ's servants. God has given a special job to us. He has shown his secrets to us and how we must explain them to other people. One version says, think of us as servants of the Messiah and as servant managers entrusted with God's secrets. We are stewards of God's secrets. First, Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As every man has received the gift, hath received the gift, even so minister one to another, the one to another as good stewards of the mysteries of God. If any man let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man ministers, let him do it as of the ability that God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified to whom we praise and dominion and honor forevermore. We 
we are carriers. We are custodians. We are Second Corinthians 3 and verse 5, not that we think anything of ourselves, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, for the letter killeth, but of the Spirit, for the Spirit giveth life. We are custodians. And I make bold to say that many times we talk about God's faithfulness. Most times we are asking ourselves, is God faithful? We are doubting God's faithfulness. First Corinthians 1 and verse 9, God is faithful through whom you have been called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. The faithfulness of God is revealed in Christ Jesus. It's not based on human experiences or experimentations. But I know that most times we talk about God's faithfulness. We are asking ourselves, is God faithful to you? Is God faithful to me? Has God been faithful to us in Nigeria? Has God been faithful to the Christian person? We really talk about our faithfulness to the Lord. And so I said, let me examine a little our faithfulness unto the Lord. It is required. It is required as stewards or custodians of the grace of God. It is required as people under mandate to be carriers of his power. It is required as servants and messengers on assignment for Christ that we be found faithful. It is required. Hallelujah. It is required. Somebody here, you've had this, um, this chest problem. Just comes like some discomfort upon your chest. It's like a, you know, some thing upon your chest. Your left chest. Your left region. You are healed by the power of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. We are custodians and carriers and messengers on assignment and servants of the mysteries of God. And I shared with you on Sunday the importance of strategically filling this position with all sense of dutiful decorum and dedicated service to God. 
this context of faithfulness, we find 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9 that we are co-workers together with God. Under these same context, we find 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1, which was my text last Sunday. We are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. Laborers together with God. And then, at 2 Corinthians 6, we find verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And I try to explain this to you. Notice that if you have the conventional old type King James Version with him a phrase with him and also the word you after beseech is italicized. Also us. So we find something like we then work us together beseech you, beseech also rather, that you receive not the grace of God in vain. We then, workers together, beseech also, that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And I explain that. Receiving God's grace in vain is not taking the grace of God for licentiousness that many of us will think. Many of us have preached. You have God's grace and you are licentiously living your life. No, 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 it's not this. It's not understanding and functioning appropriately with the ministry consciousness. The ministry consciousness. Ministry consciousness you find at verse 18 And verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5 18, 5 19. And all things of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed. Unto us the message of the word of reconciliation. And then it goes on. And it says, we, the apostles, we as people who have received the ministry, together beseech you also, beseech, beseech rather also, that you receive not the grace of God in vain, that is, you function appropriately as a custodian. I've been asking the question, are you faithful? Are you trustworthy? To be faithful, to have or show True and constant support or loyalty. 
to have to show true and constant support or loyalty. Deserving trust. Keeping your promises or doing what you are supposed to do. It could also mean faithfulness to one's husband or spouse, girlfriend or boyfriend. Especially your husband or spouse as it relates to Christianity. Your husband or wife rather. It could be to be full of faith. Steadfast in affection or allegiance. Loyal. Firm in adherence to promises or in observance of dutifulness. Conscientiousness. Giving a strong assurance. Binding. True to the fact, to a standard. True to an original. To be constant. To be dedicated. To be devoted. To be devout. Be down the line idiomatically. To be fast. To be good. To be loyal. To be pious. To be staunch. To be steadfast. To be steady. To be true. To be true blue. Resolute. To be firm in adherence. To one. To whatsoever one owes allegiance. To have an unswerving, unswerving adherence to a person or to a thing. To the oath of promise by which a tie was contracted. To have a firm resistance to any temptation to desert or betray. Constant. Continuing firmness of emotional attachment without necessarily implying strict obedience to promises or vows. Fortitude and resolution in adherence and imperviousness to influences that will weaken consistency. To be unwavering in your course of love, allegiance, or conviction. To be determined to adhere to a cause or purpose. To be dedicated. Are you faithful? Are you committed to the cause of the gospel? And this is very important because I'm so convinced in my mind it says every man will proclaim his own goodness. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. But a faithful man who can find? Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find? Proverbs 13, 17. 13, 17. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. But a faithful ambassador is health. As cold of snow is so is a faithful in a time of harvest proverbs 25 and verse 13 as the cold of snow is in it is in a time of harvest so is a faithful messenger to them that sent him he refreshed the soul of those who have sent him are you faithful are you committed to the cause 
the gospel of Christ I committed to the work the truth of the word and what God has sent you to do and Acts of the Apostles the man Paul says Acts 20 and verse 22. It's so important we understand the basis. The basis of faithfulness for the Christian. And I'm not sure you would ever be able to understand what faithfulness is if you do not understand the basis. What exactly am I supposed to be doing? What is my responsibility? He says, I have no man, Philippians 2 and verse 20, who is like-minded, who will naturally care for your state. For all mind their own. There is none that mind the things that be of Christ. Philippians 2 and verse 20. First Corinthians 10 and verse 24. Let no man seek his own wealth. Let every man seek the wealth of others. Unless you understand the basis of faithfulness in the Bible... You may just very well lead your Christian life with every out of selfishness. Most times we are not seeing ourselves as under whatsoever mandate, under whatsoever business, under whatsoever responsibility as Christians. At the very best, a Christian just sees himself as somebody who needs help from God. Who comes to church to receive blessings. Who comes to church to receive blessings from God through the pastor? Who comes to church to be given some anointing? Who comes to church to buy things? Who comes to church to buy the bottle of oil? To buy the pieces of cloth? To buy things? To get things from God at some very expensive? Exorbitant? Exaggerated? Extravagant price? The man Paul at Acts 20 and verse 22 says, And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, knowing none of the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Hallelujah. None of these things move me. See a concept here. See a concept. I'm not moved by the things that scare me. My fears, my fears do not bother me. He said, now I go bound in the spirit. I have a feeling in my spirit. I have this intuitive knowing. I have this thing right inside of my mind saying to me that bonds and afflictions await me or abide me. But none of these things move me. There are certain principles you learn from Paul's life which 
if never implemented in your life, may not in any way help you, or may not in any way find you doing what Paul ever did. For example, the man Paul said, I'm not moved by the things I see. Are you moved by failure? Let me ask you. Are you moved by circumstantial pressures? Is it not that you serve God and you are glad to come to church when things are fine? Is it not that you are a good Christian as long as it looks good? Is it not that you, you are the kind of person who enjoys to lift up holy hands and glorify God when it looks like it? And that when things are out of way, you are always out of way? I find it extremely easy to know Christians for whom things are going well for. Any church I go to preach or attend. Any church. Many of us are very, very moody. Circumstantially moody. Circumspectly moody. People look and it's so easy to catch from their, from their face, from their outward, from their outlook. From their countenance. From their, from their swings. Whether it's well or not. Whether it's well or not. Sing a song. Like a song in the Yoruba vernacular. Oh, Shemila, no. Oh, Shemila, no. I see that many people don't respond to such songs well. <laughs> it becomes obvious that they've not really obtained mercy. They need mercy. Christ must die a second time. Amen. Taetero, Pemole, Dan, Conreche, Shubamoria, Now, people don't sing such songs with enthusiasm except something has happened to them. Now, when you bring your car to church and say, Pastor, come and pray over this car service, you just bought your little Jeep for 20 million and you say, Sir, after service, come and provide. When I raise those songs, you will sing excitedly. If you have just been told somebody wants to marry you, or you've just been told somebody has gone abroad, you're going to make some money by the end of the month, and on and on and on, all these things in themselves will make you excited. But most Christians are not excited because things are not working well, things are not happening well, things are not like expected. Prayers are not answered, faith is lost, victory is gone, discouraged, hardened or disrupted. Very sad. The man said, none of these things move me. List it. List it. Number one, these things don't move me. Number two, neither count my life dear unto myself. Very simple principle. If you would, like Paul, pursue the course of the gospel, my brother, my sister, then things should not move you, number one. You should not count yourself dear to yourself. So that you will finish the course with joy. The moment things move you. And you count your lives dear to you. You cannot finish the course with joy. The moment failure moves you. Lack. Hunger. Why are you not praying? You are hungry. Sometimes it's so difficult to pray. And I say it will always be difficult to pray when you are judging the reason why you should pray on experiences or your moods or happenings or occurrences. When you know you are meant to pray because of relationship, nothing will move you. 
But well, you know, you're not meant to pray because, because, because you need something from God. Or because you need to get something desperately. Or because you are in a dangerous situation where something must happen. If it doesn't happen, you're in trouble. You will learn to pray based on relationship. So I've said this is a very important point. Just two points you find out verse 24 of Acts 20. These things don't move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. That I might finish my course with joy. A pastor in this church by the name of Pastor Uzodima Agbona. Failed a particular exam at medical school. Failed again. And wrote the exam for the last time. After this failure, he was meant to be withdrawn from medical school. He wrote his exams and was not sure. He came to church. He sat down there. He preached on the power of words. And I said he could say to an exam that had been bad. Exam! Change! According to him, he stood there. He said, so and so paper. Change! And something happened. He never knew. He never even knew anything happened. He went... He was on permanent sight preaching at somebody. Sharing God's word with somebody. Then, Dr. Okwe Kamalafe called from the resort place and said to Pastor Uzodima Agbona via phone, you have failed again. You have been withdrawn from medical school. According to Uzo, he continued to preach. Can you do it? As cheap as I've just said it. One last chance and you are withdrawn. You possibly, you possibly are even preaching out of pretense. Some of us sometimes preach by bribery. You get what I'm saying? You have written an examination. You are not sure it will be, will be okay. You are not sure you succeed. So by bribery, you are preaching. You are preaching so that God will for the cost of the preaching make you succeed. So, you're all over the place. Please, any evangelism here? I want to go with you to Muwaleru. Uh, please, are you going to Kotonkarifri? Will you go as far as Alapa? Will you, will you travel as far as Secretary? I'll follow you. You want to? You want to? Uh, I've written an examination. I'm not sure I'll pass. Let me, let me, let me bribe God. You carry your things. You're excited. Children of God, will you shout hallelujah? They're just on a crusade field. You are giving glory. You are preaching the word of God. You are counseling. You are carrying the sick. You are doing everything. And somebody calls you and says, the exams for which you are bribing God, you have failed. People do it. People bribe God. People give. People give. A man gave to me. Someone to me. Some time ago he said, he said, sir, I want so and so. I want so and so to happen in my family. I said, beautiful, I'm going to pray for you. The man said, as you pray, I give. I said, no, there are two different things here. I want to pray that this miracle will happen in your family by the power of God. You are giving differently. If you are giving so the miracle will happen, you are very wrong. Number one, the money is small. Number two, it's a wrong principle. You say, why did you say it's small? I just feel there is no money enough to bribe God. I'm not saying the money is too small for me. I mean, what money would you give to God? What will a man give in exchange for eternal life? 
The operation of God is via eternal life. So, if I'm laying to, if a miracle to happen, I am charging the power that made heaven and earth come to pass in creation to occur, to do something on your behalf. So, it's going to be stupid if you give me some money. What money, what money can come in exchange of a miracle? No money. Because a miracle is not possible any other way except by God. I told him, I said, number one, number two, it is a principle not in the Bible. You don't rob God's back, he robs yours. Said, he said, freely you have received. Matthew 10, you begin to read from verse 10, from verse 6 on. Freely give. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Go, he said, amongst the lordship of the house of Israel. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. I told the man this. The man said, okay, 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 no problem, just pray for me. I prayed over him in the name of Jesus and I said, this miracle will happen to this person. He said, amen. And gave me money. I said, I have said it again. This money does not equate the miracle. He said, yes, sir. He said, I shall bring more soon. I said, I know your heart. You want to bring more money when it happens? He said, no. I will just bring more all the same. I said, are you sure? I took the money, of course, spent it for church or something. I can't remember what I sent it, spent it for. It could be church. It could be some other things. Only God knows. Hallelujah. And I left the place. I saw him after a week. I said, hey, brother, how are you doing? How was it? He said, sorry, pastor, it didn't happen. The miracle couldn't happen. I said, oh, wow. Trust the Lord. The man said, I have trusted God enough. I said, you can't trust God enough. A miracle that has not happened can still happen. Please. People have asked me before. How long should I trust God? People have said to me, what should I do after I've had faith and faith and faith and faith and faith? I said, have more faith. People have said, I have believed. More to believe, 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 believe. More lay on, lay on, lay on, lay on. More confess, confess, confess. More fast, fast. What should I do? I say, pray more. Fast more. Pray more. Talk in tongues more. Never stop. Never stop. Never stop. Never stop. If you lay hands on the sick person and he dies, lay hands more. Until they, until they take it from your take the dead. Make sure you vandalize the dead with the power of God until they take the dead from your hand. Lay hands on his head, his nose. Squeeze his head till the power of God enters his brain. I mean, don't give up cheaply. Never give up. Don't say, I'll pray a little after prayer, I'll go. No, no, no. Put your hand until there's a mark of your hand on his core. His core will respond. Yes. So I told the man, I said, so what happened? The man said, I got, anyway, 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 sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, the money I promised, I cannot give. I said, why? He said, because God failed me. I said, I told you I knew your heart was evil before. No wonder you did not answer your prayer. Your heart was already evil. So you can imagine, you can imagine when for a bribery, you are scandalized by God in quote. So also was preaching. Dr. Pe, now Dr. Pe, then Sister Pe, sent him a call and said, you failed, you've been sent out of medical school. After he had spent six years and it was like 400 level. Six years. Because I continued, he preached 
He finished the preaching. I went to meet somebody else. I was talking with somebody. I went to meet somebody else. I was discussing with somebody else. I went to meet somebody else. According to him, it was at midnight. He was talking about 6 p.m. Six hours later, Dr. Peh had forgotten. She was only fooling him. It was at midnight. She remembered. By God. And called the man and said, I'm sorry, sir. You didn't fail. You have succeeded. I was only pulling your legs. What if the man had committed suicide? Some of us joke in people's lives. What if the man had just gone to the dam and plunged headlong and smashed his skull, his cranium on the rock below? And they say, come and carry the man from the, from the mortuary. What, 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 what would she say? What would she have said? After a while, you say, a ghost is chasing you. When you are playing with somebody's life, a ghost will chase you. Why would he not chase you? Some of us do things that are damaging. A ghost will chase you. Because who saw will have been chasing all over the place? You get what I'm saying? <laughs> if you believe in ghosts, I don't. <laughs> it is appointed unto man wants to die after death judgment. Any ghost you see is not the person, it's a demon. Cast them out. If your parents come in front of you, go say, you're not my mother. Go! Go! It's either you are dead or you are not dead. Okay? Whatever this means to you. Alright? Acts 20 and verse 24. None of this, this move me. You must build yourself by the word of God to the point where things don't move you. Neither do I count my, my life down to myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Hold through things. Number one, things that happen don't move you for the sake of the ministry. Things that happen the ministry first. The ministry first. God first. Many of us always put God last. You are looking at the Bible. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last. There's no space for anybody. He's all in all. The love of Christ constrained us for with us judge in that one died then all died. That they for whom he died should not live the rest of their life in the flesh to the will of themselves or the will of man but to the will of God. There is nothing left, no space left to live to your will or my will but God. God fasts. God is so important that failure should not drive you crazy. God is so important that loss, lack, needs should not drive you crazy. You should not become upset. You can pray. Somebody say, I can't even pray. Why? Continue prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving in spite of circumstances. In spite of what you are going through. Then your life doesn't matter to you. Your life on the cross for Jesus Christ, he died. I died too. Apprehend for which cause I have been apprehended of God in Christ Jesus. So, you must have these two principles as under guiding and under guarding and underlying principles that will help you live a good Christian life and be faithful to the cause of the gospel of Christ. Number one, things don't move you. Number two, you don't count your life serious or dear to yourself because... It's not because you are careless. It is because of the 
work of God. Hallelujah. Very important. Very important. I must know the reason why. The reason why I'm faithful. The reason why I should be faithful. The reason why. And, 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 I, and I tell you boldly, my brother and my sister. We can't be talking about faithfulness. When you don't know what you're meant to do. If I tell you faithful, you will ask me, faithful in what? Faithful to what? Faithful how? Many of you don't know what you are meant to do. Many Christians don't understand the responsibility they have as carriers of grace. As carriers of power. As new creatures. People that have received the ministry. This the work, the service, the service of God. You are in the service of the kingdom. You are in the service of the kingdom. Oh my Lord. Because of gross misinterpretation and misunderstanding of the scripture, an average Christian does not see himself a worker except He's a member of the choir. She sings. Many Christians are nonchalant in church. I have spoken in this church before and I'm sure it didn't go down with many of you. It won't go down well with you because when I give specific examples of people's postures and looks, you, you, you feel that I'm trying to victimize you. People have said it before. They said, eh, eh. it's because you have this stage. You always talk to us anyhow. When we have the same, we talk to you too. I said, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I am waiting for you to have your own stage and talk to me anyhow. And I will thank God for the word you have spoken to me and I will make a change. People have said it. People have said, you only use the stage to insult people. Embarrass them. I said, wow. When you two get the stage, embarrass me and I will change. Once a brother was in charge of finances and we said, you know what happened that day? I'll tell you what happened. He was in charge of church finances. So, I and Pastor Gide came to church. On a Monday, we just came to discuss one or two things in church. And we saw, we saw church finance book. We saw it at the staircase. I said, Jide, can you imagine? This is church financial record at the staircase. He said, maybe somebody forgot it. And I took it. And I went to hide it. I hid it. So on Wednesday, I called the brother. I said, brother, so and so, stand, stand here. Go and bring the book, financial book. Let's discuss. He said, okay, sir. He went there. He searched. He searched everywhere. He searched the roof. He searched the cobwebs. He searched the air. He searched, he searched, he searched inside cups. He was searching inside his shoe. We waited for him. I said, you are very responsible. He was so sad he began to cry. He used to sit at the front seat. And he moved to the back seat. And told somebody, once you offend Revo, <laughs> leave the front seat. I said, the person told me, I said, I called both of them. I said, you said it, say what you said in front of him. Oh, he said, no, sir, but I don't want you to preach at me. I said, I will preach at you. I'll preach about you. And 20 years after you have led me, I said, I'll still preach and I will call your name. If, 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 if. So people think that when you tell them things 
very realistic things about how they ought to comport themselves in the house of God, you are trying to get at them using the advantage of the stage. God forbid! Why can't I walk to, up to you after church and say, please, you have done wrong, repent. Why must I hide under the platform of the blood of Jesus and be insulting you? Why must I come boldly in the name of Christ to insult you? No! But if he hits directly at the wrong you are doing, repent. Repent. It means God loves you. It means God wants you to change. It's not guesswork. If I say, where are you coming from? Where you are coming from is evil. If it is evil, cleanse your legs by the blood of Jesus. Come on! Don't think that I'm trying to guess. Do you get what I'm saying? Whatever this means to anybody. So you repent. People are nonchalant in church. They are not serious. Most Christians are not responsible because they don't understand ministry. They think ministry is serving in a local assembly. So, once they are not given a role of responsibility, they are irresponsible. Why didn't you come to church? What do I do at church? I thought you were a Christian. If you're a Christian, then you are an important member of the body of Christ. And God is waiting upon you. Particularly when, you, when we come together. Every one of you has. Everyone has a psalm, a revelation. First Corinthians 14 and verse 26. Verse 31. You all can prophesy one by one. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man. First Corinthians 14 and verse 3. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, or prophesied rather, edify the church, speaks to comfort, to exhortation. That means God is waiting upon you. God is waiting upon you in this church. It's not about the role we have given you. It's about the role God gives you. It's not about whether you are pastor or not. People, people, people just feel that, uh, why don't you make us deacons? Make us, they will give you money. Make, give them post. Elder. Deacon. Irresponsible Christians. Because of money. It will pay for you. It will pay. I'm going to chop ego. I'm going to chop ego. But it will not pay for the work. People, people must be taught that they are important in the scheme of things. More important than the roles given them by a church assembly. And I've said this, I've described it before. If you were told to come and sing tomorrow, You'll be prepared. If you were told, come and moderate, you'll be prepared. If you were told, come and share, you'll be prepared. You go and get scriptures. You even pray. You iron your shirts. You feel cool. You'll be excited. When you come at the door and the door is shut, revo is not here, you get angry. You say, This revo is irresponsible. We're just here. You say all sorts of things, unprintable words. When I come, you say, What is happening? I say, I was sick. You say, What about sickness? I don't care about sickness. I want to act. I want to work for God. Because you've been told you will moderate. I wish you had that kind of temerity and seriousness towards Christianity at all. So that whether you are told to do something or not, you are waiting upon God to give you a word. And it's more important. Oh, it's more important to sit there and talk in tongues.
tongues and give interpretation and a greater disappears than to moderate and make people laugh. It is more important to sing a song in the spirit and somebody is healed of barrenness than to play a song. Onisha, hmm. Onisha. Is that healing power? Is that healing power? Is that healing power? But that's what we call ministry. How was our son today? Ah, oh, well, I try. Is that ministry? Ministry is about touching lives, it's not about posing. You can pose. You can sing with a solace song. You can sing with a solace from earth. Ministry is about power. It comes by readiness. People may not see you. You may be able to see people will not see you. They will not see you. You are there talking in tongues. As you are talking in tongues, you are giving a word. You are giving a word. You are sitting on your seat. There's somebody here with a cancerous growth at the side of his back. The person is being healed on your seat. Somebody's been healed. Nobody knows. Nobody calls you. Nobody celebrates you. Nobody gives you a name. Nobody gives you offering. The person is healed. There are people who have ailments that will kill them in 10 years. You're your seat talking in tongues. God gives you a word. There's somebody here with a growth in his call. Below his umblogata. Below his cerebellum. The Lord is removing it now. He's healed. He will not need a brain cancer. He will not need a brain surgery in 10 years from now. You're your seat. This is church. Not just singing a song or making noise or shouting or feeling cool with yourself or looking for people's applause. Did they clap? Oh, they don't clap. Oh. They will not even, there was an evil man who will never clap. Is it applause or doing it right? Responsibility. We must all be responsible. So, we can't be talking about faithfulness until you know you are under responsibility. And I've said it before. I've said it again. I've said it on Sunday. I've said it today again. You are a steward of the grace of God. You have been given the message of reconciliation. You are the light. Matthew 6, Matthew 5, 16. Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. You are illumination. God is counting upon you. Let's learn something important here. Luke 17. Let's learn something very important here right now. Luke 17. You can imagine when we all have this consciousness of ministry. Every one of us. I'm always sad in church. People don't sing. People, don't, people, people are nonchalant. People make church look like a place of rivalry and competition. People take the church to a place we are testing who is more spiritual. People don't respond. Do you know on this stage, on this stage, sometimes the singer is singing, the backs of are cold feeted. The back up, they are cold feeted. I just look, ask them why. I say, he missed the key. He didn't get the right key. They were joking on the keyboard. They were, uh, they were too bad on the keyboard. Is that why you are not singing? Is that why you are not singing to God? He will not hear the keyboard. He hears your voice. Because the keyboard is physical. Your voice to God is spiritual. Is that why you are not singing well? 
Is this why you are not lifting up holy hands and glorifying God? I've said this over and over again. The, the sum total of our mood is directly proportional to individual moods put together. When we come together and we cannot rousingly glorify God, it shows individuals have serious weak points in their closets. I know many of you don't know what it means to praise God in your closet. So when you get here, it's the same thing. Say, ah, the keyboard is bad. There's no power. At times, I say stop. I tell musical people, stop keyboards, stop drums. You will discover nobody is singing in the church. Nobody. People are just opening their mouth and closing it, saying nothing. As though they are doing some pantomime. We are not singing. Some people, it's, it's always a drama to behold in, on Sunday. Some people just stand like this, looking. I'm like, what's this guy looking at? I try to trace the perspective of his lens. I go, who is he looking at? Somebody just threw the, put their hands akimbo. Look. So what are they doing? It's because they don't understand ministry. Now look at this. Luke 17 and verse 10. So likewise ye when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty. Duty. I say duty. Your duty. This will lead me quickly to find 1 Corinthians 9. And then we start from verse 16. Because it's a necessity to preach. You are under man. You must preach the gospel. It is a necessity. You must preach. You must This has nothing to do with whether you are given a role in church or not. You are a preacher. It saddens me. This is why church is not church. Because people are not responsible to church. Where are they? On Sunday they are here. They have made it Sunday, Sunday. A religious worship based on frivolities. Customary, traditional religious worship. Church on Sundays. There is nothing more between them and God. May I boldly say to you, people who attend church only on Sundays are Christians. It's not possible to understand relationship with God and make a practice of the same daily to be effective in your prayer life and Bible study and come to church only on Sundays. It is not possible. No matter where you walk, you will find a way to stay to church again because you have enjoyed fellowship. No matter where you walk, you will, you will stick to church. You will sneak. You will sneak because of church. You've enjoyed it. You sang at church on Sunday. You got back home singing. 
Ah, you fasted on Monday? On Tuesday you were fasting? By Wednesday you must be at church. No matter where you walk. But when you find it convenient to slack your leg in only on Sundays, you are a bad Christian. You can never find a good Christian miss church Wednesday, Friday, so any other weekday and come only on Sunday is not possible. Yesterday I was fasting. Today I'm fasting. I fasted on Sunday and on Monday. I fast tomorrow. I'll be in church. Won't I be in church? I'll be in church, of course. I've been praying. I prayed six hours yesterday. I prayed all night. Maybe today. I prayed all night on Sunday to Monday. On Wednesday, I'll be at church. I must have a word. Something must be tugging my heart. It's time to rejoice with the other brethren as we come together to celebrate and glorify God. I will never have a reason to abscond from church. Stupid reasons. Says I'm tired. I have exams. I'm broke. Stupid reasons. If you are broke, walk. Yes, walk to church. Walk and come and die in the church for the sake of Christ. First Corinthians 9 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Ye curse is unto me if I preach not. Woe betide me! I'm done for. This is your Bible. You must understand the basis of faithfulness. He said, Wow! Betide me. Wow! Betide me. Wow! Betide me. I'm under a curse. The first one says, Luke 17 and verse 10, after you have preached, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have only done our part. This is our part. We have only done our responsibility. This one is saying, necessity is upon me. War beside me, if I preach not the gospel. I have some translations. The Bible in basic English. For if I am a preacher of the good news, I have no cause for pride in this because I am forced to do so. For a curse, a curse is on me. If I do not. The man Paul is saying. Listen. listen. I see myself. As being under a curse. If I don't do it. Every man's work shall be tested. If I don't do the work. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece design created unto good works which God created before that you walk in them. 
If I don't do it, I feel I'm under a curse. You know, it has nothing to do with ah, it's Rebel's church. <laughs> ah. Rebel's church. Somebody said, what are you doing in church? Say, I'm busy. Say, ah. Even those who own the church, they've left the church. What are you doing there? I want only church to go back in the one chamber. Reverse church. Family church. It's not, it's not your own now. Ah, let's go. It is church. Let's go home. People that own the church, they've gone. What are you doing in the church? People that take the offering. People that eat the tithes, they've gone. What are you doing in church? But the church is the Lord's work. The church is the Lord's body. The procedure is God's business. The faculty and the charter is God's own. My commitment to this church is not about anybody. It's for the sake of Christ. Preaching, dispensing the work, serving in this church towards the ministry of Christ is a duty I must do. I'm under force. Listen, the Bible in easy English, I tell the goodness to people, but I have no reason to boast because of that. No, because God has told me that I must tell it. If I do not tell the good news, I will be very sad. I will not be obeying God. Hear this one. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast about. For this obligation has been entrusted to me. How terrible it will be if I didn't preach the gospel. Look at this one. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing for boast. No reason for boasting because I'm compelled to do this. Whoa! Betide me. If I preach not the gospel of Christ. Whoa! Betide me. I see myself under responsibility. I must preach the gospel of Christ. I see myself under my responsibility. I must preach the gospel of Christ. The NIV says, For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast. Since I am compelled to preach. So, you are under duty to preach. To advance the kingdom of God. To testify the gospel of God. To be contributory and participatory. To be involved with the ministry of the word. You are under mandates. This is where faithfulness counts. I'm under mandates. God has sent me. The pastor didn't send me. Our church didn't send me. God sent me. Nobody sent me. It's God has sent me. My service is not to men but to God. Not with eye service as men please us. But servant of God doing the will of God from the heart. Knowing whatsoever good thing any man do it. 
that shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Now with I service as men pleasers, but as servant of God. Now with I service as men pleasers, but as servant of God, knowing whatsoever good thing any man do from the heart, that shall he receive of the Lord. Now with I service as men pleasers, but as servant of God. Are you still in church today? Faithfulness. Because you are under mandate. Faithfulness. Because you are under mandate. Faithfulness. Faithfulness because you see yourself as somebody whom the Lord has instructed to do it. Faithfulness because you see yourself like Paul would say, if I don't preach the gospel, I'm under a curse. There's something I've always sensed. I've always sensed it. I've always sensed that Let's not run Christianity with this very selfish ideology of God give me, God give me, God give me money, God give me success, God give me a husband, a wife, beautiful kids, handsome children, God give me um, a car, God give me international trips abroad to go make money. God, 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 and you have never thought of your own responsibility towards God. I think it's all about you have been blessed. You are in the scheme of God's power. Now, do the work. Be lost. Be consummately involved. Be consummately involved with the work of God. Redemption is watching your back. Salvation is watching your life. That you have been saved is breakthrough for your life. Just be involved with God. You should be more concerned with God's work than your own work. Take no thought except for the gospel. Take no thought what you will eat, what you will drink, except for the gospel. Shaking first the kingdom of God. Let the things of the kingdom of God be uppermost. God first. Answer his duty. Answer his duty. Jesus is not going to come back. Jesus is not going to come back to walk this act preaching the gospel. When Christ comes back a second time, rapture takes place. When you see Jesus again with the trumpet, the sound of the voice of an archangel, he's catching us up. We are going to heaven with him. Jesus will never come to walk this act to preach the gospel or advance his kingdom. He has committed to you and I the word of reconciling the world unto himself. He seems to be saying, mind my business. The Lord is saying, do my work. Do the assignment. Be engrossed in it. Be engaged in it. Do it passionately. Be involved with it. Be encapsulated with the desire. Find the time to do it. Be concerned about my work. Put in your best. Put in your time. Put in your money. Put in your strength. Put in your life. 
be engaged in it. Forget about your life. Your life is in me. Heed in me. Forget about it. So, the idea is not, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. No, 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 no. Having received the help of God, make progress. So, the idea of faithfulness comes. My brother, my sister, when you discover I'm under a mandate. Not as a pastor, but as a Christian. I'm under a mandate. Jesus is not going to come walk this earth again. He can only walk through me. With all his strength and all his glory. Jesus is not going to walk this earth again. He can only walk through me. The scheme of revelation is this. Jesus wants to walk this earth through you. Again. So he said. Jesus answering said unto them. He that believeth on me. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than this. Shall he do because I go unto the father. John 14 and verse 12. He will not walk this earth again. He can only walk through you. We are his hands. We are his legs. We are his action plan. We are his procedure. We are his representatives. We are his servants. We are under pressure to do the work. We are compared. We are impaired. We are forced. If you don't do it, Paul said, what is fit you is a cause. A curse is fit you if you don't do it. I must preach. You must preach. I have said this over and over and over again. Church is the last place of recommendation. Church, church is the last place of recommendation. Church is the last place of recommendation. I said again, church is the last place of recommendation. Many of your friends you will see tonight are not in church. I wish they had come. It will have been beautiful if they all had been here today. Imagine if all your friends were here. Your relations, your loved ones. You'll have touched them. You'll have said, oh, thank God they came to church. The pastor preached today. He wasn't even calling names. He only preached something very good. But they're not here. They won't come tomorrow. They won't come on Sunday. But you'll see, you'll see them tonight. They're in serious trouble. Hey! They're in trouble. Because Jesus will see them tonight. I said they're in trouble. Christ will sit with them today at table. They're in trouble. Christ will be with them tomorrow at the office. They're in trouble. Christ will see them tomorrow at the football field. They're in trouble. Christ will meet them tomorrow as they go to work. They're in trouble. Christ in you will touch their lives again. They didn't come to church, but church in you will find them. I wish we all had that conjecture and that consciousness and that cognizance of responsibility so that people who meet us will know they've met church. They have met church. Things you think they should have had today, they will still have. They will still hear. They will still have to hear. Things you think they should have had tonight, they will still hear. They will still have to hear because you will be on their neck. Your friends are in trouble. Your friends are in trouble. I say your friends are in trouble. 
Oh, the things you have had today, you will share with them and more. You become a nuisance with the word of God. You pray for them. You lay hands on them. And on those days, that Iris father will not pay his rent on time. Iris, where are you? And the man who will come and say to him, who owned the house will come and say, where is the rent? And Iris died. A professor of Yoruba language who hold the man's shoulders and pray deep seated grammatical words in Yoruba language. Violent prayers. Prayers that make people shake. The man will come and say, Oga, my money for the house. He will hold his shoulders and pray and pray and pray. While he's praying, the man will struggle out of his grip and flee. He will come the following week. My money. He will hold his head and pray and pray. While he's separate, man will carry his head and run away. After a while, the man stopped coming for the money. He stopped coming. And he will pay at his convenience. Prayer was too much. I do a call. I do a check Your neighbors can be terrified. Your friends, your friends can be terrified. In the days of Apostle Joseph, Ayo, Babalola, over a meal, over a meal and he will pray for four days four days over a meal people will say okay the moment he closes his eyes carry your food and flee three days he's still there Three day, four days, three days, he'll be there. A jabadua over over a plate of pounded yam in a, in in a, in, a, in, a, in an unbeliever's house. They waited. He prayed twenty four hours in the man's house. They could not sleep. They could not eat. People gathered. After the prayer, he carried his Bible to the mountain. Three more days. After three days, he came back. Four days. I said, where is the food? He said, what food? Four days! What food? He said, I want the food. After four days. I do have gum in it. I do have gum in it. Four days! Four days! He must be an evil man. Four days! That's my kind of guy. That's my kind of guy. Just capture a friend in a bus is in trouble. Catch a neighbor is in trouble. Stand to your feet, give him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.